This week, we're having a conversation about the $1.7 trillion gorilla in the room. It's called student loans. America is in a student loan crisis, whether it's willing to admit to it or not. So I'm going to share a few stats with you, and I promise I won't nerd out. But I do think it's important to understand where the country stands with regards to the student loan situation. 43 million Americans owe a combined $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. 20 years after graduating from college, half of the borrowers, they still owe over $20,000 in outstanding debt. 70% of today's graduates, they leave college with student loans. And here's the last one. In 2005, the average student loan debt was $17,000. Fast forward today, as of May 2022, the Wall Street Journal states that the average graduate will graduate with a roughly $36,000 in student loan debt. Now this is problematic because not only does it impact the borrower's ability to save and invest, but it's also a drain on the economy. America is a country that really doesn't manufacture products like it used to. Most of the manufacturing now occurs overseas. So this country relies on consumption to grow. When you and I, when we spend our money to buy stuff, we are effectively contributing to the growth of America. So if a significant portion of your money goes to pay student loans, that means you have less money to purchase a home. You have less money to spend on clothes, eating out, and just plain contributing to the economy. Now, I'm not advocating that student loan borrowers shun their responsibilities to repay their debt, but I do believe that we need student loan reform. I believe that we need a system that is fair and equitable so that obtaining a college education does not become a financial life sentence to debt. Hey there listeners, Renee Collins, CPA, financial planner, and the host of the Retire Ready To podcast. Our goal here is to bring on guests who will help to educate, inspire, and empower us all to take control of our money and our financial lives so that we can live the best life that we certainly deserve. The goal of today's podcast is to help listeners understand student loan forgiveness and the latest developments that are coming out of the Department of Education. And helping me to jump into these new developments is Janae Adams. Janae is an international speaker. She's an author, the CEO of EMAC Consulting. However, when she was in college, she said she let money rule her life. A short time after graduation, she found herself $50,000 in debt, but she dug out of that debt within two years following the principles that she now speaks about to audiences all over the world as a professional motivational speaker. She speaks to universities, corporations, high schools, and not-for-profits about financial literacy. She's the author of two books, The Money Attractor, Everyone's Guide to Winning with Money so They Can Live Their Dreams, and Debt Sucks University, a college student's guide to winning with money so they can live their dreams. She has spoken on behalf of the White House 
and the Department of Education and has been featured in various media, media outlets, including Forbes, BBC, CNBC, Huffington Post, Black Enterprise Magazine, Fox Business News, USA Today, and so many more. Janae, you are out here doing it. <laughs> so thank you so much for being a trumpet for financial literacy. And thank you for being a guest on today's podcast and doing the work of educating the public about managing their money and getting out of debt because it is so very important. Janae, can you share your story? Tell us about your journey and how did you get to where you are today? Uh, and thank you for having me here, Renee. And uh, my story, I guess, could be a little bit different than others. I was someone who thought they were going to be in corporate America until she was 65 years old, getting her gold watch and everything. <laughs> but life did not see it that way. And so <laughs> I was laid off from my job and I was $50,000 in debt. Once I, once I realized, start opening up bills and everything. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have a job. 60% of our household income is gone. We got a one-year-old and we're 50 grand in debt. And so I got really serious about paying it off and paid it off in two years. And that actually what led me to starting a business I have today to help others be able to do the same around the world. Absolutely. And I know that life doesn't always happen the way we want it to happen. But I think that based on the work that you're doing, you know, you're probably doing what you're passionate about. And you're definitely doing work that makes a difference. So as things stand today, the student loan repayment is on hiatus until August 31st of this year. Now, based on your experience in this space, do you think that Americans will see another extension or is it time for us to pay the piper? So uh, since we last talked, <laughs> there has been new developments again. <laughs> and, and what it is is that this is this is like every day now. <laughs> it, it is every day. And now Republicans have put out a new bill that, and, and people don't know about this bill as much, but the bill is saying that they are trying to limit the president's power, the Department of Education's power, to not allow any more student loan uh, exemptions and pauses. So that is what's on the table right now. They are trying to stop that from happening and also making sure that they cannot do student loan forgiveness. Mm, very interesting. So what is what is the likelihood of this passing? What do you think? Because, I mean, they right now, they don't have control of any of the branches. Yes. Yeah, so what I see happening is that maybe on August 31st, that you may get another extension. That is an option, maybe to December 31st. But if the November elections go a certain way where Democrats lose the House, or the Senate, then that bill will pass and there will be no more, no more pauses at all and maybe no student loan forgiveness. So things have to really happen before November. Right, right. And it seems like to me that they're pushing to make something happen within the next few months from everything that I've read. Yes, and, and it's on different fronts, um, especially with Biden coming out within the last week, talking about he's even more open to getting the $10,000 forgiveness done. It's not $50,000, it's $10,000, but that is what is 
actually on the table right now. They're trying to talk about it. And it's also the new thing that just came out a few days ago. There is going to be income limits, $125,000 and less will be qualified for that $10,000 loan forgiveness. Okay. Do you think he has the support to push that through? Or is that something that he can just do with the stroke of a pen? So that is supposed to be able to be done with a stroke of a pen. I also believe that they would be able to do it uh, through Congress, but the Congress part was always about the $50,000 student loan forgiveness. The $10,000 student loan forgiveness was more on his stroke of the pen with the Secretary of Education, Secretary Cardone. Got it. Okay. Well, I say that every little bit helps. Um, I recently read an article just yesterday, as a matter of fact, in the Wall Street Journal talking about the legality of a mass student loan cancellation. And I know you're not an attorney, but uh, how likely do you see this as happening? Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people have just not been paying on their student loans because they're waiting on Biden to be the, the savior of the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the only reason I see that it's more than likely could happen legally, like I'm not a lawyer or anything, is because it's only $10,000. You're, you're not forgiven the entire $1.7 trillion. You're just given the $10,000 break, basically, for those with federal student loans. And it has nothing to do with private student loans. Those are still going to be out there. Okay. Okay. So, but the, the mass student loan cancellation, uh, you don't think that that's going to happen. I can't see that, especially based on what I read in the article. I don't see that happening. Yeah, the $1.7 trillion of student loan forgiveness, that mass cancellation is not going to be able to happen without Congress, and Congress is not going to do that. Right, right, exactly, because I know that there are some Democrats that just, they don't support that either. So, um, so here is something that I read that I thought was kind of interesting. It's a bit of old news because I think the article was about a year or so old, uh, but it said that 45 million Americans carry student loan debt. 8 million are currently enrolled in the federal government's income-driven repayment plan. And for those who don't know what the income repayment plan is, it's basically a plan that bases the borrower's monthly payment on their monthly income, and then it promises to cancel that debt after 20 to 25 years. Uh, what's interesting is that these plans, they've been around for 25 years. And based on the information from the National Consumer Law Center, it says that the total borrowers that have received cancellation, this was mind blowing, was 32. Have you heard that as well? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty bad with every one of the student loan forgiveness programs, um, even the one that I'm sure we're going to talk about with the, the PSLF, those in the public sector, they had 1% after 10 years got forgiven. So it, this is what is a problem with those programs and that they're trying to fix it. So that's what they're doing with the, the one you're talking about, the income-driven repayment programs. They're looking at that one. That's going to be in the fall. And what they're going to say is, okay, let's see which ones you were supposed to get credit for. And we're going to give you credit for that. But there are going to be um, a few million people that are going to be able to get their student loans given through that program. But it definitely at least takes years off of that 20 or 25 years, depending on which plan they're in. Absolutely. Well, that's good to hear because the article also stated that approximately 2 million 
federal student loan borrowers have been in repayment for more than 20 years, and then they still owe loans for undergraduate debt. So that tells us that there's definitely something wrong with these income-driven plans. So I, I think that that's probably what has led us to where we are today and the information that I've been seeing coming out of the Department of Education. So can we start by talking about some of the student loan forgiveness plans that are available? Yes, yeah, so definitely the ones that are available right now that people need to be aware of that are actually getting student loans forgiven and they're kind of time sensitive is of course, first and foremost, the ones that if people went to for-profit institutions. So these are the ones uh, like a DeVry and these are the ones with currently that are still open like University of Phoenix. So if you Google the school you went to and says, is this school a for-profit? And if it says yes, then you could be um, eligible for the student loan forgiveness, especially if your school closed. So what you would need to do is go to the borrow defense uh, application with the Department of Education and fill that out. There are people right now who went to those for-profit colleges that closed down on them and they're getting their student loans forgiven. A friend of mine, she got $18,000. They, they are forgiving millions of dollars in student loans for that particular group. The second group is the ones that are total and permanent disabled. So if you fall into that group, you're, you have an opportunity to get your student loans forgiven as well. Now, what the Department of Education is doing is that they are matching their records with the records of the Social Security Administration. And when they pair them together and it, you pass the test that you are total and permanent disabled, they are forgiving your student loans if you have any federal student loans. A friend of mine also got $140,000 of student loans forgiven because she was able to prove she has fibromyalgia, long COVID, has a lot of situations going on. And so the last group is the public sector. So those that are working for nonprofits. So this is the PSLF program. This is the one that is giving you all the biggest opportunity for student loan forgiveness, like complete student loan forgiveness. And those are for you that work at hospitals. Those of you who are working in K through 12, those of you working in higher education, if you're social workers, if you work for nonprofits, you have a golden opportunity until October 31st, 2022 to get your paperwork in. And it doesn't, like if you have federal student loans, it doesn't matter what, what student loan repayment you was in before, they are giving you an opportunity to get into the right one because more than likely student loan companies you were dealing with scammed you out of the right one for 10 years. And for however long you've been um, working in the public sector, this program has been in place since 2007. And so, if you've been working since 2007 in a nonprofit, all of that is going to be taken off of your final payments. You're supposed to make 120 payments in this program. That's 10 years. So you got two different um, opportunities here. You either can have been doing it for 10 years, and all your student loans are going to be forgiven. I've had a few people. I know a lot of people that that has happened. Or you're going to at least get some months or some years taken off of your payments, which is great as well. So if you've been working in the public sector for eight years, guess what? They're going to take eight years off of those payments. And you're only going to have two years left. And all your student loans will be forgiven after that. That is great. But they have to act soon. So you said they have to put in an application by October 31st of this year, correct? Yes. And so... I want everybody that, that fits that public sector um, bill, 
that this has been going on since last October. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about it. I, I find teachers every day, educators every day, nurses every day that don't know People in government don't know anything about this. And it's so frustrating. And you have to go to studentaid.gov backslash PSLF. So studentaid.gov backslash PSLF. And you have to fill out the application and be able to see if you qualify. More than likely, if you've been working for a nonprofit, you will qualify. And they will let you know if that nonprofit or so that hospital you work for, if it qualifies, and more than likely it will. The application should only take 30 minutes. That's what everybody has said. It's, it's pretty much taking 30 minutes. As long as you have your paperwork in place, uh, make sure you know what the the um, numbers are for the, the, the school you work at, um, the, the nonprofit you work at, have that already in place, have your W-2s for every nonprofit you've ever worked at available as well and now if you worked at multiple ones you're going to have to do an application for each and every nonprofit that you work for okay and that stuff is all going to be added over so just make sure you understand that um, but it's definitely an easy process and they will walk you through it at the department of education and the federal student aid office okay that's very good to know because i worked with someone who had some consulting company approach her and wanted to charge her $1,000 just to do the application for her. Everyone that's listening, um, just know that every time these student loan forgiveness programs come out, that the scammers are going to come. The scammers are going to come. The Department of Education is never going to charge you to do anything. They're never going to, a lot of times, call you about anything, and they definitely are not going to partner with any kind of consulting firms to pay for you to pay them to do the work for you. It's a 30 minute application. Anything that has to do with the government, don't pay for it. All right. Don't pay for it ever. Right. Exactly. Because you're already paying for it with your taxes. <laughs> okay. So what, so what about the, the military? Uh, is there any type of forgiveness that's available for those who are in the military? I'm a veteran, so I care about my, my military folk. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yes, so much. It, it, and the public sector student loan forgiveness, it is for them as well, okay? And they, they need to get on it very fast. <laughs> and what, what's so positive about their situation is that, okay. but, but those, that, those that are teachers and so forth, everybody else that's not in the military, if their student loans were in deferment at some point in time, that's not counting towards their 120 payments. But for the military, every time they go off to on, onto active duty or they go onto a mission and so forth, their, their student loans automatically get put in deferment, into administrative deferment. Well, guess what? Those months or even years that they were deployed mm -hmm. or on active duty, that is going to count towards their 120 payments. And they're the only group that gets that. So it's really awesome. And, and for the last, since March 2020, retroactively, this whole entire time when we've been on, a, they've been on a student loan pause, if they fit the bill of the public sector student loan forgiveness, so that's everybody, military, nurses, teachers, social workers, anyone, guess what? All of those months have been counted towards your 100, 120 payments. So you got two years <laughs> of payments that have been added to the bottom of the 120. Okay, excellent. That is great to know. So before, before we get into what's brewing in Washington right now, I want to talk about 
the 10 million people who are in default of their student loans, is there anything that is available to them right now? Or is this a part of the new developments? Yeah, so those that are in default, they are basically on a pause with everybody else, okay? They're on a pause with everybody else. It is when that pause ends on August 31st that they're really going to have to start worrying and start making some decisions. They're either going to have to obviously start paying things back and kind of trying to catch up. But a lot of these um, student loan forgiveness programs, these income-based payment programs, if you want to get into them after being in default, a lot of times you have to make up the amount that you have missed out on, that you defaulted on. And so that's something that a lot of people don't know until they make that phone call. Right. And they got to come up with $2,000 and $3,000 to even get in the programs. So if you feel that you fall into that category, this is the time to start saving some money. So any kind of extra work you can do, any kind of things you can sell, you know what your default <laughs> amount is. And that is what you probably have to make up if you're trying to get into any of these kind of programs. Right. Okay, excellent. So with the new developments now, uh, can we start talking a little bit about that, this, what are they calling it? I think this forgiveness waiver. Yeah, so the, the forgiveness waiver, that has to do more even with the, still with the PSLF. Uh, outside, outside of what they're already doing, they're just, they're just a saying forgiveness waiver with these different things. Outside of that, it's nothing that is going to be a forgiveness waiver itself for with those programs we already discussed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the programs that they're, they're are talking about trying to push through before I, I'm assuming like August before the student loans, uh, repayment plan begins, um, I'm trying to think. I thought that I saw something about them giving credit to you if you were, say, in forbearance for a number of years, basically trying to right the ship, so to speak, for all the, the bad servicing that has happened to the student loans over the past 20-odd years. Yeah, so if if you, for, for that part of it, it's, it's about the borrower. So if you are someone who has federal student loans, you really need to contact the Department of Education and see what programs you qualify for because you're going to have to get into programs first for them to be able to even see how you were done wrong for so many years and for them to be able to correct it. But if they don't even know you exist and you, you haven't put in the paperwork and everything, then they're not going to call you. They're not going to reach out to you. They don't have enough um, workforce to be able to do that. So the student loan borrower has to take it upon themselves to actually do the, the front work and get the applications done, get the paperwork done so that these people can actually look back in time and see what could have happened to them and how to maybe shorten their time towards student loan forgiveness. Got it, got it. So if someone has been in one of these income-based programs and they need to get on the phone and contact studentaid.gov, correct? Definitely. Is okay, or, or basically, well, that's the website for the Department of Education. Definitely as fast as they can. Excellent. So what can borrowers do today to kind of, I don't know, maybe, you know, help this process along? Should we be making contacts to, to Congress? Should we be calling our representative? Um, what should we be doing? What can we do to help push this process along? So what you can do to push this process along when it comes to student loan forgiveness, um, first and foremost, understand that it is an election year, 
All right. It's an election year. So there, there are some senators and mm-hmm. House of representatives that are have a, a very good ear that they would love to hear from you. And so if you're in one of those states and you are looking to have at least mm-hmm. $10,000 student loan forgiveness um, happen, then you need to be making some phone calls. If you want to make sure that that bill that Republicans have put out about stopping these um, student loan pauses and everything and stopping student loan forgiveness, if you want that kind of stuff to mm-hmm. die in that, that bill to die, then you need to be making some phone calls to people on both sides of the house. These people in DC are not going to do anything for anything or anyone that's not making any noise. When you make noise, then they move. So if you're someone who feels really strongly about student loan forgiveness, I, I, I can't promise you you're going to ever get $50,000, okay? But you can at least get $10,000 of student loan forgiveness. You need to make sure that you're you're making the phone calls, sending the right. letters, sending the emails. Right, absolutely. So in other words, you have to be proactive. You definitely have to be proactive and you can't be proactive just on social media. These people are not on social media. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? This has been very informative. I think we just have to keep our eyes on what's happening in the media because like you said, it's changing every single day. It has been so wonderful speaking with you today. And I just want to thank you again for being a a guest, basically talking about a topic that is so important because it impacts so many phases of our lives. And I know I work with clients who are between the ages of 40 and 60, and they are just constantly juggling all these financial priorities. So they have children, they're trying to figure out how am I going to send my kids to college? How will we pay for that? While at the same time, they are juggling their own student loans because they some of them still have student loans. And then they have parents that they're also caring for. So this is an important topic because it does draw resources out of the home, resources that can be used to save for retirement, resources that can be used to build wealth. And we know in this country, we have a problem with saving. So student loans definitely impact the ability for middle-class America to save and build wealth. So hopefully um, as we continue to watch the developments that's coming out of Congress and people will get involved and make the calls, write the letters, you know, do whatever you have to do. And remember, vote policy (laughs) so that we can affect change. (laughs) So thank you again for agreeing to, to be on today's podcast. This has been wonderful and very informative. And thank you so much for having me as well. Thank you for listening to the Retire Ready To podcast. I hope you found this episode educational. And if so, please feel free to share it with your family and your friends. And let's continue to get the word out about student loan forgiveness. If you want to follow Janae and get more information about what's going on with student loans, you can find her on Instagram at J-A-N-E-T-A-D-A-M-S-S-P-E-A-K. Janae Adams Speak. And then she also has a website at www.debtsucksuniversity.com. Until we meet again, take care and remember there is no secret to building wealth. Spend less than you make and invest the rest. Take care and go be great.